0: Welcome to SEC's Vision Moments, which is an inspirational video cast by our staff and leadership team that'll help you stay connected throughout the week. I can't wait for you to hear today's episode. Hi, my name is Julie Lewis, and I'm the Associate Pastor here at Steamboat Christian Center, and I want to say welcome to Vision Moments, which is an inspirational videocast that provides vision, insight, and growth opportunities for you to stay resourced, connected to our staff and team, and engaged in our vision to love God and to love people. So. Today, as we're recording this, it's a couple of days before Easter, and I've been thinking a lot this week about what this week means, not only to us, but to the people that went through it in real time over 2,000 years ago. Now, you, you may have heard about this guy in the Bible. His name was John the Baptist, and he wasn't called John the Baptist because he was a Baptist. He was a baptizer. And he was this radical dude who dedicated his life to God and in some pretty extreme ways. He devoted his life by living alone in the desert. He existed on honey and locusts for food. And people might have described him as eccentric or brash. But he had a passion for one thing, and that one thing was God and God alone. And so he would preach to people about the coming of a new king which back then was treasonous talk under the dark shadow of the Roman Empire. But he would say over and over and over, Repent, for the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of heaven is coming. So come and be baptized. And so many thought this guy might be the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for. But to that, he would just say, Hey, I am only the voice of one shouting in the desert, The king is coming. I baptize using water, but the true king comes after me, and I'm not even worthy to hold his coat or untie his sandals. So on a hot day on the banks of the Jordan River, as believers are lined up to be baptized by John the Baptist, John sees a man coming in the distance, who probably looked like any other man, but a dove comes and lands on his shoulder, and he doesn't brush it off. And the dove, John knew, was a symbol of God's Spirit, and he realizes, oh my goodness, this is the guy. So immediately John drops everything, and goes over to the man, and he declares to everyone watching, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the guy I was telling you about. So let me just stop this story right here and say this, that John, John says that this man this man in front of us right now, who we know right now, obviously, is Jesus, is the Lamb of God. So in our world today, as readers of the Bible and followers of Christ, we know that the Lamb of God means Jesus, right? We got it. But John was the first person to say and use this term in referring to Jesus, the Lamb of God. And why did he say that? What does it mean? Well, if you were in that crowd that day as a Jewish person and you heard John say the word Lamb, you knew exactly what he meant. So every year the Jewish people would celebrate Passover, which was the celebration of the night where the angel of death passed over the houses of the Jews when they were slaves in Egypt. And after that, Moses led them out of Egypt and they crossed the Red Sea and the sea parted and all of that stuff. You can read about read about it. So Passover was this celebration where everyone was required to come to Jerusalem to make their annual sacrifice so that their sins would be forgiven. And so at Passover, Jerusalem was packed with hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world. And they were coming to bring their sacrifice to the temple. And the required sacrifice was a lamb. And there were many different requirements about this little lamb. It had to be a year old, it had to be a male, it had to be perfect, it couldn't have any spots on it, it couldn't have a limp, it couldn't be ugly. (laughs) The more perfect, the better. And so they would bring their spotless little lambs to the temple and they would line up with their families in the hot sun and come before the priests. And the priests would look at their little lamb and they would either approve it or reject it. And if they disapproved, you would be forced to go out and buy another lamb. And so this whole ordeal was not only time consuming, it could be very, very expensive. But if your lamb was approved, they would kill this little lamb right in front of your family's eyes. They would spill its blood into a bowl. This is going to get gory for a second. And the bowl would be transferred from priest to priest to priest. And finally it was poured onto the altar. And by the way, this was not a pleasant experience. If you can imagine the heat of Israel, it's like Southern California in the desert, and the image of the blood of thousands of dead animals mixed together. There's two things I know. It was disgusting, and it was smelly. There was so much blood that the priests were standing barefoot, as was required in almost ankle-deep blood. Now, as gross as that is, I think it's super symbolic of what the sacrifice meant because sin is disgusting and it's smelly to God. But by offering this sacrifice, your sins were forgiven, your sacrifice was made, and you were good for a year. So when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming from a distance and says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, this is a crazy, crazy statement. He's basically saying in this one statement, hey, this man is sent from God and he's going to be sacrificed. He's going to die because that's what lambs do. They die. But his death will not only take away our sins as Jewish people for a year, it will wipe clean the sins of all of us forever. And this is not just for us. It's for everyone, Jews and non-Jews, steamboat people forever and ever. So here's my question for you today do you believe this? Because if you don't, I just want to encourage you to investigate Jesus. Don't just take my word for it. Don't just take the church's word for it. Go investigate the story of Jesus. And maybe this Easter will be the beginning of a new journey for you. Maybe it'll turn your whole life around. And if you do believe this, let me ask you this. Do you accept it? Because it's easy to say, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. But are you still trying to earn it somehow or take it back into your hands? Are you still in your mind making sacrifices to get God's approval? Because we so often think when we mess up, we kind of have to almost grovel back to God, bringing our smelly, disgusting sin and make some sort of sacrifice again to be okay. And we bring our best. We put on our nice clothes and we come to church on Passover or Easter Almost like it, this is our lamb. This is what we bring in hopes that our sacrifice, our good deeds, our kind words, or Hail Marys, or whatever it is, will earn his approval. But that's the thing, right? John said, look, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the whole world. It's done. Accept it. Live it. Believe it. Embrace it. Let it, let it do its work in you. Spread it. Send it. Share it because it is finished.